1: What's going on, Thunder fans? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. Hey, Thunder fans, you're listening to. Game two recap of the Oklahoma City Thunder season. A loss to the Clippers, unfortunately, on the road. Uh, Looked like it was going to be a win there for a minute, but joining me on this podcast is my buddy, my homie from Lawton, Oklahoma, Anthony Montero. What's going on, Anthony?
0: Not much. Yeah, you, you were right. It did look like a victory there for a little bit and just all disintegrated.
1: Yeah, man, I, there was really a moment where I, I honestly thought, wow, like, after that terrible start, getting down 0-16 to a very good team, as we came to find out, and then fighting all the way back and taking a lead, going into the fourth, and it just seemed like we were totally in control, and then everything just fell apart.
0: Yeah, it, 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 I was happy to see that, like, the halftime adjustments— were effective, then it seemed like we yeah. put our stamp on it, and then all of a sudden it just it, it disintegrated in the fourth quarter.
1: All right, so let's let's hook up the Tivo and get into this in a little bit more detail. Uh, the first thing that was really noteworthy, getting off to that zero and sixteen start, was that the defense was really bad in the first quarter, especially at first. Uh, Danilo Gall- Gallinari ended up with twenty six points in twenty six minutes. And I think he had sixteen in the first quarter, which is just really crazy. I mean, I, I guess that butt muscle of his is feeling okay, right?
0: Yeah. App- apparently, he's <laughs> got an extra injection in there, so he was feeling good. Uh, I think. I think he was four for four from three point for the in the first half, and he was just they were just wide open, not switching. Yeah. Uh, getting caught, both men caught up on the same guy, and just wide open shots.
1: Yeah, and. Y- and you talk about a team missing rotations on defense, but it was worse than that. It was a team getting so far out of rotation that everybody was just like, oh, let's just not bother rotating now. It's it's too late. <laughs> and just standing and watching him shoot a wide open three-pointer.
0: Yeah, they would just give up the, the shot and be like, all right, I'll get it next time. Except next time came down and then the same thing happened again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And... You know what? It's. I hate to do this kind of thing, I, I. I. and I won't do this very often, but I didn't feel like Paul George's effort on the defensive end was there in the first half. And he picked it up a little bit in the second, and it can be hard to put forth maximum effort sometimes on defense when your shot is falling as little as his was. He, he was, what, one for nine in the first half, I believe? Yep. Which is very bad, <laughs> and Dennis Schroeder wasn't much better. Um, he was one for five in the first half. The, the only silver lining to that I can think of is that he's not going to be guarded by Patrick Beverly very often, coming off the bench, so that's nice. But you just, with, West, with Russell Westbrook out, we just can't have Paul George and Dennis Schroeder starting off a game like that.
0: Yeah, it's weird to see that we were coming off both games where they start off very, very cold. Uh-huh. Um, and it did seem like, like George wasn't given 100% effort on defense, but then again, it seemed like nobody was. It almost seemed like they came into this game underestimating the Clippers and how apparently, yeah. how apparently good they are as like a unit. There's no one superstar unit. on that team. Uh, It's a bunch of guys that are putting in work, and they underestimated these guys, and so really had to adjust their defense and tighten down the screws in the second half. But in the first half, they were just freewheeling.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about the Clippers is all five guys on the court at any given moment are competent basketball players. They don't have a superstar, but they have a bunch of legitimate NBA players, and I think they were really able to take advantage of a a set of weaknesses that we had on defense in the first half and maybe more than that take advantage of a lack of effort so something interesting that i noticed in the first half was that billy donovan shifted up the center rotation minutes and at first i was just confused by it like wait why are we taking adams out so early but then i think it all made sense because he was trying to to isolate adams's minutes to when Boban was in, meant that he came out really early in the first quarter. And honestly, that shift in rotation was something that kind of saved that first half for the Thunder because when Nerlens Noel came in, along with the rest of that bench unit, they kind of were able to stop the bleeding.
0: Yeah, and it, it makes sense why you shift Adams' minutes for Boban. Um, just physically, he's better equipped than Noel is to guard Boban and to, you know, get physical with the guy. Again, he's seven foot three, two hundred and ninety pounds. Uh, Boban, that is. So it made sense, and yeah, he big. <laughs> and in doing so, we actually found like a secondary unit that works together, that meshes well. It almost like the in the experiment of just basically trying to match up Boban with Adams, you found out, like, hey, this group of people work really well together, and if we need to, we can go to them quite often.
1: Exactly, and they really managed to keep the thunder in the game there in the first half, and that was Noel, Grant, Paul George, who kind of shifted his minutes to line up with that unit, and then Abrinas and whichever point guard, uh, uh, Schroeder and Felton both spent a shift with that unit as the comeback was happening. But speaking of Abrinas, he had a great first half, right? Like, he, he... shot the ball like crazy he was two for four but one of them was a half court heave that wasn't even a fair half court heave (laughs) and he, he really was like causing a lot of mismatches on offense just because once he knocked a couple down his gravity was ridiculous like people wouldn't leave him and it was opening up lanes all over the court
0: yeah he came out hot and he came out like gangbusters and uh you know knocked down that first three and then was able to uh You know, give a little pump fake, drive to the lane and finish with the left hand. And so it became a situation where you're just not looking at him, be like, yeah, okay." you know, you have to guard him now because he can either pull up or he can drive it to the basket. Um, And it was good to see because that obviously helps with the spacing and helps with the offense moving. Um, But Abrinas really came to play and actually sparked, you know, that comeback.
1: Yeah, and he did, like you said, make a couple impressive drives to the basket. He finished that one in the first half with a left-handed layup. There was one in the second half where he drove it in and drew help and dished it off to Nerlens. Now that one happened to bounce off of Nerlens Noel's hands and go out of bounds. But it was a great play by him regardless. That's the the right idea.
0: The timing was off, but it was the right play, right basketball play.
1: Exactly, and he he hit some pull-up threes. He he hit one off the dribble in transition, which was really cool. And one thing that I really enjoyed seeing, which was something we saw a little bit of in the first game, is them actually taking the time to run him off some screens. Uh, He ran off a one in the first half, and then in the second half on a play where he actually got fouled when his defender, I think it might have been Lou Williams, realized what was happening. And that he was lost. Uh, they were running Abrinas through an elevator door screen coming up to the top of the key off an inbounds pass. So they're really making an effort to get him good shots. And I, I think if you're going to have a player like Abrinas on the court, he's useless unless you're doing that. So that's good to see.
0: Yeah, it's good to see. Again, they're making his shot easier. Um, and the fact that he's making them now makes those plays even um easier on top of that. And even when he was coming off the screen, I believe in the second half he uh shoots a three, misses it, and just sheer hustle, ends up getting the Mm -hmm. rebound again, resets that offense. Uh, I think that was a play. They get it to Paul George. He ends up lobbing it up there for Noel to finish at the basket. Gets fouled. We get to the free throw. Um, So you know the hustle's there and He's not afraid to shoot the ball. He's going to shoot it whether he's making it or missing it. Of course, coming off a of first half where he was making them, he's going to shoot more. Li- he's more likely to shoot. And that's something that we need.
1: Right. And that's something he talked about repeatedly last season is is recognizing that his defensive, not ability, but his defensive results are what has been keeping him off the court. And he talks about it a lot, but I think we're finally starting to see him put real effort into correcting it, other than just knowing it's a problem. What? But so, so speaking of going into the second half with that elevator screen, that third quarter, it really felt like it swung the tide of the game, and that turned out not to be correct, but... Paul George started making plays and that's the same as it was in the first game. And you hope that he can start to trigger that a little bit earlier (laughs) and also a little bit later. Yeah. (laughs) But, but he was good in that third, right?
0: No, he was great. And not only, not only making the plays, he ratcheted down on defense Mm -hmm. and he really like locked in on defense, which led to offense, uh, which led to him being able to make plays um, dishing to a trailing nor Noel uh, on a drive uh, actually hitting shots he pulled I mean I mean there was one shot I mean there was nobody t- near him n- near 10 feet of him and he just sits there pulls it makes a shot um, and it really got things going and it gave you hope we were able to you know get cut down into the lead eventually take the lead over um, and it like you said, it gave you a sense that, like, all right, we're settling in. We've got this game. The tide is swinging the other way.
1: Right. And there was a point in the second quarter when his shot was clearly not falling that I thought Paul George shifted from scoring mode to facilitator mode. And, look, he's good at both of them. He In facilitator mode, he had the awesome behind-the-back pass to Adams and then he threw him a no look bounce pass two, both of which resulted in dunks. But I think it's important for a guy like Paul George, especially when he's going to be the second option, to not necessarily be able to do both of those at the same time, but to focus on doing neither of those. He he doesn't need to be in score mo- score mode or facilitator mode. He needs to be in give what the defense and in, in take what the defense gives you mode. And I feel like he's going out there with the attitude of it's my turn to score and being aggressive in scoring rather than just being aggressive in general. And that's something he's going to have to work on.
0: Yeah, that's always been one thing in his career that seems like he's not 100% comfortable with is um, he's either going to be like, all right, I'm I'm scoring this game or I'm facilitating this game and never been kind of one of those guys who adjusts to the flow of the game. Right. Uh, he'll adjust in w- either scoring or in facilitating instead of adjusting to uh, the the ebbs and flows of the games. Now, with Russell Westbrook back, I think that might also take some of the pressure off uh, Paul yeah. George and allow him to just be that free flowing guy that that he's used to. Um, uh, and and the,
1: f- the free the free ebbing guy. Yeah, the free. There's gonna ebbing. be a lot of ebbs. Uh,
0: but you know, I, I think that's a that's a big thing missing right now is 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 also is is Russell Westbrook and then oh, really? also, and and then also think you think,
1: a, you think uh, Russell Westbrook missing is a big thing you yeah
0: you, who, who knew that he would be such a critical <laughs> uh, piece of this team
1: and then uh, you know uh,
0: when we get uh, Roberson back on defense also taking off some of the pressure of Paul George having to guard some of the better guys on their team
1: yeah that's true and that's something we saw last season but something that I think we can be encouraged by by that third quarter and just by the whole game in general is our center rotation, just Steven Adams and Nerlens Noel. Uh, I think the minutes that we saw tonight, despite the odd rotations with them trying to match Adams up with Bobon, the minutes were pretty normal. And it's the second game in a row that I've been very impressed by Nerlens Noel's performance. And it's the second game in a row that I've been very impressed by Stephen Adams' performance as well.
0: Yeah, Adams had a phenomenal game. He had 17 points, 18 rebounds, which I believe is his third time he's had more than 17 and 16. Uh, and Noel is has come in and done what I thought he could do for us, which is you know be a competent center who can uh, give you minutes, who can give you points, who can give you rebounds. And unfortunately, I just feel like if this continues all year, he's playing his way out of us not being able to keep him. He's playing his way yeah. into, a, into a decent contract. Right. Um, and, you know, Adams, we've just finally seen like the evolution of Adams as far as, you know, scoring and rebounding, you know, putting the whole game together.
1: Yeah. And. The thing about Nerlands tonight, though, is like we've talked about Schroeder when he's playing against starters, where he's not going to have to do that for the majority of the regular season. Well, tonight, with Adam staggering onto Bobon, the thing about how the rotation got staggered with Adam shifting onto Bobon, and versus what we talked about earlier about Schroeder and how when he gets shifted against starters, how that's not really a fair comparison because he won't be playing against Patrick Beverly, is that since Adam had to shift on to Bova on that meant Nerlens Noel spent a lot of time guarding and guarded by Marcin Gortat, and that's not a thing that he's going to see against many teams. There's not, there's not a lot of teams with a backup center dominant enough to force Adams to shift over there. So the fact that Nerlens was impactful as he was, facing by all accounts a a good at least good right kortansen at least a good starting center in the league yeah. is really encouraging
0: yeah it really is and again one of those situations where they're kind of playing out of characteristic like you said uh mm-hmm. they're they're not normally playing against these guys and yet they're still able to hold their own obviously noel is holding his own a little bit better than schroeder you know schroeder and paul george combined were 9 for 42 mm-hmm. so they're not having or he's not having a great start to the season but you would imagine that's not going to last forever um, but it is a good thing to see where we can rotate the centers and or mix up their their place in the in the in the rotation and still be able to have uh fully successful and functional unit out there
1: yeah and you mentioned Paul George and Dennis Schroeder's combined shooting statistics and it hasn't been a one game issue which is kind of upsetting because we would have expected we we expected going into these two games without Russell Westbrook that Paul George and Dennis Schroeder would really pick up a lot of slack and carry the team through these but Paul George, who actually ended up fouling out in this game, was 7 for 27, and that makes him 16 for 50 over the first two games. And just a little bit of quick math, that's 32%, which is not ideal. Also, Dennis Schroeder, who was in foul trouble this entire game, he didn't end up fouling out, but he had four minutes into the third quarter. He was 2-for-15 in this game, and that makes him 9-for-34 between the first two for 26.5%. Oh, no. It's
0: it's not great, but it's not for a lack of trying. These guys are clearly getting shots off.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not for a lack of shooting. That's true. It's just really upsetting. Like I, I expected better out of these two guys running the team, and especially against like i I mean I know Patrick Beverly's a good defender, but two for fifteen, yeah and it's that's... not like they and it's not like they had a defender to really stick to Paul George no
0: i and yes, Patrick Beverly is a uh an above average defender, um but he still should have been a guy with shooter speed that could get around him and get to the basket more often,
1: yeah, and really. As bad as he was in the first half, Raymond Felton ended up having a better game than Schroeder tonight.
0: He did, and it was something that they mentioned in the broadcast as well in the the second half of the game is when their shots weren't going off, what Russell Westbrook does really well is get to the basket and get contact and get to the free throw line and get points that way. And they weren't doing that. They were just settling for jump shots that weren't going in, settling for three-pointers that weren't going in instead of attacking the basket and trying to get to the free throw line and kind of make up the points from there and kind of develop a rhythm.
1: Yeah, the amount of floaters and mid-range jumpers that Schroeder took in this game was was really troubling. But, you know, as as Gallinari was in, in the first half for the Clippers, so was Tobias Harris in the second half. They kind of just traded halves your half my half and tobias was i unstoppable or or just unstopped in the second half (laughs) i don't know i
0: i I would have to say unstoppable i mean he got he was being guarded by paul george at times he was being guarded by jeremy grant at times and it just seemed like either he would force him to switch or he would just get by them
1: yeah and in the third in the third quarter, I really felt like Jeremy Grant did a great job on Tobias Harris. And if you just look at the two people, Jeremy Grant seems like the perfect defender for him. But he's pretty crafty, and he he was basically the difference in the game. As much as Gallinari was in the first half, Tobias Harris won the Clippers this game.
0: Yeah, well, and more importantly his shots were going in right so it doesn't matter <laughs> how crafty you know that grant was as a def- as a defender because he was tobias harris was just making shots
1: yep that matters and you know that same backup bench unit was good in the in the second half as well but for now i think it's time for us to talk about the most impressive player for the Thunder in this game and if we were talking about the most impressive player in the game it would it, it would probably have to either go to Tobias or Gallinari but this is a Thunder Award hey, yeah. so the Academy Award for Player of the Game and this one goes to What does that mean? Do I get, do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? <laughs> That'll be sick no, just, I don't know Seems dumb <laughs> it does. No, yeah. Steven Adams. And a- as we've discussed before, he had 17 points and 18 rebounds. Th- there was a point in the game where it looked like he was going to rack up a 20-20, uh, which he's never done. He- he's had 20 rebounds and 20 points, but never in the same game. Um, He, he was really incredible. And I think other than a few lazy putbacks by Boban, I think Adams really did a job on him as well on defense, which doesn't show up on this stat sheet.
0: Yeah, he he played phenomenal defense against Boban and again, 17 points, 18 rebounds, but we're, you know, he was eight for 11, so he was efficient. It's not like he was taking a lot of shots. He was making the shots that he had. And I think at one point I saw Boban literally just hold the rebound above his head (laughs) <laughs> Wait for the other guys to stop swatting at him, and then he put it back. So, you know, um, but, I mean, it was impressive. It was impressive.
1: Yeah, there was also the the other moment where in the first half, Boban was guarding uh, – Stephen Adams was guarding Boban, and a rebound came down, and the Thunder got the rebound, and Adams was out in front of Boban going to just start running down on the break. And – Rather than let him beat him down the court, Bobon just grabbed him from behind <laughs> like a bear hook. And, and and that's a luxury you can have when you're a backup center who's only expected to play 18 minutes, right? You can just like sacrifice a foul because, oh, I can't get beat down the court. But that's the kind of physical talent that Adams can bring where he can wrestle with a guy like Bobon Marjanovic and can also sprint down the court faster than him. It's really amazing.
0: How do you beat a guy that's 7-3? Well, you pick up the pace of the game.
1: Yeah, or (laughs) you just punch him in the mouth like Adams can also do. That's the the impressive part. He can play both games. (laughs) So, yeah, congratulations, Stephen Adams, on your Academy Award for Player of the Game. I'm sure you're going to talk about that to your family and thank god and your country and whatever so with that we'll we'll get on to our our last segment which is talking about the most impressive unit from this game
0: we are supposed to be a unit so the most impressive unit for the game would be the secondary unit which is what brought us back into the game and more specifically, we're talking about, of course, uh, Felton Schroeder, um, At your point guard, Paul George, Alex Abrines, Norlands Noel, and uh, Jeremy Grant. A very athletic secondary unit, a unit that was hungry and basically provided the offense when we were staggering to score initially. In the first half, they, they were the ones that cut into the, cut into, uh, the Clippers' lead. They were the ones that brought us back in, and in the second half, they were the ones that pushed out that lead and kind of uh, maintained it up until uh, Tobias Harris took over and just started making threes. But that secondary unit, for sure, uh, was playing much, 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 much better.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting that Billy Donovan has seen fit to still stagger Paul George onto the bench unit. Which is something that really struggled last year for unknown reasons, for for reasons that never really made sense. Uh, but I think when you can get Noel Grant and George as as the five four three in a lineup, like that is just a dominant backcourt of a lineup. front
0: court. Well, It's front a very. Court, it's front court. Yeah, it's a very it's very late. They, they have a lot of length there as well,
1: and athleticism. Uh, yeah,
0: it's 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 kind of scary. And if they can gel together and kind of develop a little shorthand where they know where each other's going to be, it's going to be even crazier. Like I yeah, said, then- like with Noel, he's missing a lot of putbacks. Not because they're not there; it's just their, their timing is off. So once yeah. he once he gets that sorted out, it's going to be ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and then you balance out that length and athleticism on defense with Alex Sabrines, who can obviously provide the shooting and the spacing that that lineup lacks. And then you have, like, look, we saw this lineup mostly today with Raymond Felton, but we're going to see it mostly with Dennis Schroeder throughout the season, who let's just call an upgrade, no matter what the shooting statistics from this game say. So... Like, it's, it's really not even going to matter if Abrinas can stay with his guy as well in the second unit because it's not going to be Lou Williams very often. No, and it's not going to be
0: the reigning sixth man very often.
1: Not, no, no maybe maybe once a year. <laughs> maybe for one team a year. But then you've got that long line of defense on waiting for him on the backside. So, like, I, I think that lineup, if nothing else, is going to shut some people down. And if everything else is going to also be able to put some balls in the basket. Well, in the meantime.
0: like we've seen in this game, I think that unit, uh, once they all fit into their normal rotation is going to be able to make or break us in games. And again, it's still something like last year's bench probably, uh, would not have brought us back into this game like they did this year. Absolutely
1: not. Absolutely not. Um, I think this year's bench is going to make some real runs against other teams' reserve units, and I think this year's bench is going to win us a few games, to be perfectly honest. Like, we're, we're not seeing it with Dennis Schroeder. We're seeing it with Raymond Felton, and once we get a starting caliber point guard, again, whatever his shooting numbers have said in these first two games, he's a starting caliber point guard, Yeah, you it's going to make a difference.
0: You got to imagine that he's not going to go, you know, uh, what is it, 26% shooting yep. all season. That nope. number is going to come up. Uh, his normal rotation, he's going to fall into the normal rotation. And this would have been a perfect example of a game where our bench got us back in the game and won it for us. Unfortunately, uh, we just had a lapse uh, in defense in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, that fourth quarter was gross. You know who's really good in the fourth quarter? Who's that? Mister Russell Westbrook.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's your he's your finisher, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back if not on Sunday for the next game, what, Boston on the next Thursday. So we got him coming back soon. It, it would have been nice to get. It would have been nice to get both of these games. It would have been better to get this game tonight but it's just the first two games and we've got a former mvp of the league coming back any day now
0: yeah i mean it's only it's the first two games of the season so um you're not necessarily pressing right you know we can recover from this Um, and again you know once you get your 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 captain back on the floor um, instead of on the bench, you know, rocking a suit with no shirt, then he put, uh, he
1: put his shirt on at halftime because Paul George's shooting chilled him off too bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he had to change it. He came out on fire with no shirt and then obviously got iced down by his own team. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but, you know, once you get the captain back out there, things are going to settle down. They're going to find their groove, they're going to get into a rotation and the upside you see the the glimpse of uh, brightness in the bench you see the glimpse in uh certain players developing over time getting more comfortable with the situation um, and so when we hopefully we hit our stride at the right time and uh we take off
1: that's right you heard him thunder fans there's no reason to be depressed just yet We're we're just cresting over the horizon to, to some daylight so with that Thanks for listening. Uh, this has been the recap episode for the Thunder versus Clippers. You can find us at OKC Topic Thunder on Twitter, on thunderousintentions.com. Now that's Thunder Basketball. iTunes, if you're going to find us on iTunes, please subscribe and give us a five star rating. That's really going to help us out a lot. And leave us a positive review. You can find us on Stitch or Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. In the meantime, Thunder Up